We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Who will score more goals in the rest of the season, him or Etienne Capua? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I would you know, everyone's dying to know the answer to that question. Yeah. <laughs> this is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to Rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Lair. Are you ready to go? Or? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's rock and roll. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. That's right. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb. I have returned from my stupor. Um, it, it took me a while to get over some of what happened over the weekend, but I am consoled from the fact that I beat my co-host, Andrew Laird, in one of our 
three contests this weekend. So, uh, Andrew, congratulations for Arsenal. I'm sure you had lots to do with that. And also for beating me in uh, DraftKings again. My pleasure. How was the uh, birthday celebration before we dive into some soccer? It was great. Uh, no complaints. Um, actually, a surprise guest uh, made an appearance during the during the we watched the soccer game. We watched the Chelsea Arsenal game together. That was John Wallen. Oh, you did see Wallen. All right. So uh, he he came down to he came down to Brooklyn and we hung out for a little bit, watched the game. Uh, I found out that he has terrible taste in movies, uh, and I'm hope I hope he's I hope he's listening because he 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 had the audacity in front of uh, my buddy and I to say that Mad Max Fury Road was a bad movie. Mm. And that Thunderdome was a bad, or and Thunder Road was a bad movie, and oh, just uh, ooh, <laughs> you don't want to. That's bring, just out of line. Yeah, you don't want you don't want to bring that noise up in that bar. That's uh, that, that's the way I'll put that. So, um, actually, you know what? While we're on the subject, had, did you see Mad Max Fury Road? I know you don't watch that many movies anymore. I was gonna say I've probably seen three movies in the last five-ish years, maybe ten years. Uh, that was not one of them. So no, not not one for the kids. <laughs> I I picked up on that from uh, the random commercials I've seen, but yeah, yeah, it was. Anyway, uh, it was it was a great move. <laughs> my my buddy who was the bartender as well, he uh, basically <laughs> he gave me he, he was joking, but he basically gave off the impression he wasn't serving Wallen any more drinks after that. <laughs> he just refused. <laughs> That's so, quite a way to get cut off. Yeah, you know, Wallen was Wallen was leaving anyway, but um, no, it was it was a good time. Um, basically, uh, when the first goal, ha- like basically, I knew the first goal was going to happen. I'm like, oh, Gary Cahill's under pressure; it's going to be a goal. And then, what do you know? Gary Cahill has a terrible back pass. We'll get to the breakdown later on, though. Um, but congratulations to Arsenal. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do yet because we didn't actually officially make a wager. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. Uh, I- I'm sure you'll think of something, but I'm, uh, you know. Whatever, whatever, whatever the case may be, I'm ready for it. Um, but otherwise, though, I did beat you in. Uh, I did beat you in our Taga contest that we had against each other. Yes. They see that this was the second time this has happened in this young season, uh, including the NFL. I won every head-to-head contest I was in, except for the DraftKings one against you. Six and zero in my other season-long leagues, and zero and one in daily against you. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't know how to explain that other than uh, I just seem to have found a format that works better for me than you. Not that yeah. my team was all that great, though. It's we basically. It, it's it because the, my team was that bad. Yeah, it was the poor beating like the poor. Points. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it was not good. Uh, I, basically, what's happened here is when Tom Heaton can't play, I don't win. Yeah, you have no idea what to do. Although I, I did beat you when you I, had Heaton, like the, the two times I've picked, I have not picked Tom Heaton. My goalie has scored negative points. Mm. Yikes. Right? And Heaton, Heaton, I think, had 16 yesterday. Yes, he did. Uh, not for the not for eight saves, but for but for right. a sheet and a win. Yes. So uh, the rarer kind of uh, of sixteen points for Tom Heaton, Surely. but sixteen points nonetheless. Uh, we'll get to that breakdown later on. That's we our last game we break down because it just happened yesterday. Uh, let's get started though with uh, the 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 early matchup on Saturday, which really was supposed to be a headliner, but. I thought it was going to be 2-1, maybe 3-1. It was 4-1 and could have been more. I was going to say it wasn't even that close. 
Yeah, it was it was pretty ugly from the beginning. I actually thought the man of the match was Daly Blind, who played phenomenally in the first half, both mm-hmm. defensively and offensively. We talked about it last week. We weren't sure where he was going to play, but a surprise. I think it was a surprise start for Eric Bailly because I think we were both expecting him not to play. Yeah, um, I, I think uh, maybe he got some time in the FL Cup that we hadn't paid attention to, or something like that. But yeah, Blind was on corners, and two of those. Corners that he sent in ended up in the back of the net. So um, I don't know if that's a role he's going to keep because I think the bigger story of the game was that Wayne Rooney was dropped from the starting lineup. And so that kind of opened up some opportunities for other players. Blind was one of them. And uh, given how well he did there, it would be tough for me to see him, uh, you know, lose his spot. Uh, Although Luke Shaw isn't supposed to be out for a terribly long time. So kind of a a depth uh, problem that, that Jose Mourinho has to deal with now. Yeah, uh, I mean, Daly Blinn, they brought him in to be a holding midfielder, and the other person who did not play, for the record, was Fellaini. Yep, yep. Anthony so Martial sat too, although that was injury-related. Yeah, I, I, I think, I, I just think that they looked far more balanced than they, they, need, than they usually did. They basically went with, and, and Pogba pushed forward more yep. and got his goal off of one of Blinn's corners, but... Man, that was that easy. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me let, let's recap the scoring a little bit. Uh, it was Smalling, Mata, Rashford, and Pogba. So four different goal scorers. Mm-hmm. Lots of points to be had from the United side. Blind with two assists. Uh, Mata also getting an assist, and then Jesse Lingard with a nice layoff. Um, I believe that was on Mata's goal. Uh, so it just just in general, just a lot of good movement, a lot of good ball movement, particularly in Leicester, just defensively had no answers. And they got a late com- compensation goal. Uh, Demerai Gray, the sub, uh, the halftime sub uh, for for Jamie Vardy was subbed out at halftime. That was a nice little statement made by Ranieri, uh, who said that they he was just trying to conserve them for Tuesday. I was going to say, yeah, he took Mahrez today, uh, too. Uh, so. Assisted by Amarte, who is playing instead of Nempalis Mendy, who has been quickly found out to be no N'Golo Kante. Well, he's been hurt, so that's uh, kind of the bigger part of it. But Ander Herrera played really well, too. He didn't get on the score sheet, but um, he definitely seems to be able to fill that Fellaini role. And, which There is no such thing as the Fellaini. I was going to say, maybe that's not really a thing, but um, yeah, he looked good. Um, I just... Do you think Jose Mourinho is is happy that Mata is playing because it, it makes it look like he chose the right team? Or is it just like totally just like burning him inside that Mata is playing well? I tweeted this out uh, the other day. I think it was actually on Saturday that Jose Mourinho is going to call himself an Einstein of football because he sold Juan Mata to himself. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I did see that one. That was a good one. Um, the Yeah, I mean, he's he looks great with all these weapons around him. So. Uh, there's, I don't think there's anybody on the bench that would be taking his spot. So it seems like it's pretty secure, which is nuts. It's it's surprising that Daily Blind was taking corners over him, though. Um, I guess. Uh, I found I mean, that if to be you a think that if you think that Mourinho doesn't think Mata is that great, then I would think that he wouldn't want him on corners. Yeah. And after getting two assists off corners, I can't imagine Mata is going to take them soon. And I think it was both Mares and Vardy got replaced at halftime. Yeah, yeah. They played today. We're taping this on a Tuesday in a Champions League match against Porto, which, I mean... The strongest team in their group. Yep, yep. Um, so it's understandable. They were 
losing pretty badly against Manchester United and when, yeah, when while it's a big game nothing. it's still at Old Trafford and it's early in the season like they, they were I didn't want to read too much into that and I don't think there's much to read into but it's just um it, it, it was a it was a strange situation just to see Leicester play without both of those two guys and I mean Demar Gray looked got he looked good yep. uh, he, he was very lively sprightly even but I mean, they have these energetic players, and they just don't get enough time for me. And they they're playing this more subdued style this year, and they're not getting their counterattacks. There were a couple instances where, you know, the long ball, like let's say from Danny Drinkwater, would be played, and it would just miss um, Vardy's foot. And mm-hmm. like those are the things that were happening for them last year that are just not happening this year. There's just certain things that just uh, you you usually. Usually uh, from la- from from last year, you know, it was always happening. Like the long ball, Vardy would run under it and then would score the goal. That's just not happening this year. Whether that's been you know a defensive adjustment by the Premier League or it's just that they're not executing the same way they were last year, um, that that's really been inhibiting Leicester from an offensive perspective. And then defensively, um, Robert Huth and Wes Morgan just they're not playing like Superman and Superman two. <laughs> yeah, the. They've now matched last year's loss total, which is kind of incredible, both <clears throat> for this year and last year. But, I mean, a lot of people – Like, do you think they're still a top-half team? I, I, I said before they would be like eighth or ninth somewhere, yeah. like we're the Ever- in the Everton range. Yeah. I think that's where they are. Yeah, there's been just some Twitter chatter that like, oh, they're not going to be nearly as good. And it's like, well, of course not. Like the and it's, and it's hard to showcase your best game at Manchester United. Yep. That's just not an easy place to play. Uh, in fact, I mean, last year the fewest number of goals were scored there. So it's just, it's a hard, it's a hard place to play. And I mean, it's only one game, and I believe next week, I mean, I, I believe next week they have a slightly easier matchup at home against Southampton. So I mean, it's a game that if they want to finish eighth or ninth, they have to put a marker down. But because that, because that's, I mean, the Southampton of the world is who they'd be contending for in that spot, but um, or contending with in that spot. But it's. It's been an interesting ride watching Leicester this year because they're getting a lot more attention, and I don't think that they're folding, but I just I think that it's hard to repeat what they did last year. It's just it's it, it, and Ranieri knows that the top four is not really his goal. I don't think it's it's unrealistic. He just wants to make sure that they stay in the league, get their forty points, and you know finish in the top half. That would be nice, um, but I think it's unrealistic to expect Leicester to finish in the top four every year. I agree. Totally agree. And possibly ever again, not even just every year. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, Ranieri is, he, the fact that he's still coaching at Leicester, I think is interesting just because he probably could have gotten a very high profile job over the summer, but, um, really? Yeah. Like where? Uh, I mean, Conte left Italy. What does that have to do with? He could have, I mean, I feel cause I mean, knowing that Conte was going to leave Italy, he could have gotten the Italian job. Not I mean, move, if but. he's, He's now managing in the league that has like the world's best managers. Like, why wouldn't you want to stay there? Because it's not the best place for his like you know, continued success. So let's say they finish tenth this year. Would that be considered a season failure? And they don't. And let's say they get out of the group stage but lose early in the knockout round. Would that um, be? Would that be? Would that be considered a great coaching job by him? I mean, it just. You know the in order to you know to get to the highest levels. You have to strike while the iron is hot, and right, and his iron was hot, and it, it, I don't think it'll ever get that hot again. So why leave? 
because there was probably higher level jobs where he could have had sustained success. I don't, <clears throat> I don't think those jobs were open for him. And and how many jobs are we really? I mean, no, how many I, high I profile I, jobs really are there. And I'm not sure the Italy job. Like, I don't know why anybody would want to be a national team coach. I mean, you get four years. You pretty much get four years of good money. Right. That's basically the only reason. It's a good and reason. I'm pretty sure he's making <laughs> fine money at Leicester. Yeah, uh, probably not the same. That's not a poor. That's not a poor club. Yeah, uh, Leicester. No, that is not a rich club. Uh-uh. It's. I mean. It is it is far from a poor club. They've got a, a billionaire okay. owner who has yeah, thrown I, tons of money into that club. Yeah, financed by the the, the financed by the recent winnings. But no, 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 no. This is a a very very rich owner for this club. I, mean, I know he takes helicopters and private just, planes yeah. in the game like Taiwan or something. I'm just saying, I, just because they're not spending Manchester City money doesn't mean they're a small club. Like this is a club that has significant financial backing. It's it's a mid table club. That's what it is. I, I bet they outspend, or at least their owner has more money than the every other mid-table club that you're thinking of. Fair enough. That's I don't. What I, mean. I, I don't know the details enough to, to get into that. But yeah, I, 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 you, you are probably right. You're usually not wrong about these things. So yes, <laughs> just I will acquiesce and I will take back what I said. Okay, but let's move on. We have more games to get to here. We got a short, a short amount of time to get to them. Uh, Burnmouth actually scored a goal, fantastic, and they didn't let up a goal. So it was a Burnmouth one, Everton zero. Junior Stanislas getting the goal from Harry Arter. And Arter Boric getting two saves and a clean sheet. And like I referenced before, Stecklenburg getting negative points. <laughs> yeah, not so good. When you make no saves and you give up a goal, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that you're not going to have a good time. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like overall disappointing from, from Everton. Like they should have. This is one of those games that if you're legitimately thinking of yourself as a European contender, you should go into Burnmouth and smash them. And they literally came out with nothing. Goals or nope. points. So and only putting two attempts on target yep. against Burnmouth. That's pretty embarrassing. Yep. And a full squad, not like they were missing Lukaku and they were missing Leighton Baines. Right. That was it. Which I don't think it's uh, a big deal. Right. Which you've said isn't that big of a deal for the season. So yeah, it's a I mean, pretty poor result overall and um maybe they were just resting to watch Champions League this week. <laughs> do you think it's just a one off? Yes, I do. Okay. No need to panic on anybody. No. All right. Uh, Liverpool 5, Hull 1, the most predictable thing on the planet. <laughs> this is going to be a lot to a little, and it was. Um, Loris Karius losing his clean sheet late in the game, and not from Robert Snodgrass. No. Uh, James Milner was the man, scoring yes. two penalties and getting tons of crosses um, and from a defender position, and we both paid up high for him on DraftKings last weekend, and he played like a midfielder from the defensive spot. You're going to take that value. Um, yeah, two way, years ago, it was Kieran Trippier that everybody was willing to pay up for. Milner's upside is significantly higher. Significant. Um, and yeah, he's what he does is forces you to find some sort of central midfielder who uh, will be able to to make enough points up <clears throat> because you'll have to spend up at that at that defender spot. Yeah. Or you just put him in a utility and pretend he's a midfielder. Or low price forward. It's, it'd have to be or really price low position. price, though. Yeah. I mean, and most of those guys don't start. That's correct. Uh, I, I picked uh, Ahmed El Mohamedi, which was a terrible idea because he committed fouls and got a red card. Yes. Not so, so good. 
Yep, good job by me. David Marshall did have six saves, so he did finish with positive points, but <laughs> barely, barely. Uh, Hall were just under assault from the from the opening whistle. Uh, it was. I remember seeing. I believe it was the kickoff for the second half. Liverpool, Liverpool kicked off. They rolled the ball forward, and five players sprinted forward. Mm. They just sprinted That's to the to, to the op, to, to the opposing third, and Hull just backed up. <laughs> it, it, it was just instant surrender, and the and the ball didn't really leave much after that. And and like we talked about last week, you know, we said you know a lot of the midfield and a lot of the forwards get involved. Like there's always points to be had and shared across. So this week, Coutinho, Lalana, Mane, Lana, Lalana especially. Um, and Coutinho, mm-hmm. and then Sturridge got a goal. Uh, Sturridge got an assist. Excuse me. Um, it was there's a, there was a lot of there was a lot of players involved. I mean, I think it was I picked, a bloodbath. Yeah, I think I picked Roberto Firmino, which to your point, you know, that can happen. But I'll take my chances, even if I if I take multiples. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ma, if you took Mane and Firmino, you still got tons of points from Mane. Yeah, it's just you're definitely going to hit on one. That that's kind of my point there, and. It, it's it's going to be such a it's going to be such a fountain of points for the rest of the season just because the, the way that they play they're going to score goals. Um, Do you think they finish with the most goals scored this year? Uh, I don't know. Uh, they'll, they'll, I think they'll be top three. Uh, I, predicting this early, who's going to be in the top the top one is is a little difficult. I do think them and Manchester City will be in the top three. I don't know who the third team is. I was going to say who's the third team. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who the third team would be. Okay, but th- this kind of goes. Uh, right to what I was saying about Everton. Like if you're, if you're going to compete for big, you know, top of the table spots, not necessarily the top, but Champions League or Europa, you have to beat these clubs that are at the bottom. And Liverpool just went in and smashed them. Although I guess they were at home, but hosted them and smashed them. Yeah, and I, I mean Arsenal's probably the third, third team. Okay, but basically anyone you. Predictably, pretty much anyone you chose from Liverpool, except for Roberto Firmino, did really well. Yes. So that, that was just the one guy you didn't want to have. And for Hull, uh, the beatings may continue next week as Hull play Chelsea. Yeah. So it, Hull, Hull's opening schedule is just awful. Mm-hmm. And considering they only had 13 players earlier in the season, it just it com- it's just being compounded. Um, gets easier after that though. Bournemouth. It does. Wa- it does. Uh, it does. It, it, you, you'll be, you'll eventually start. You'll eventually start hearing us say Abel Hernandez more often. Mm. But that's it. Like Abel Hernandez, Robert Snodgrass. I mean, that's that's pretty much. I'm not going to take David Marshall against Bournemouth because Bournemouth just don't shoot. Yeah. But we have more games to get through. Uh, basically, Liverpool and Hull went exactly as we planned, and it. It's always nice when you get a game right. All right. Uh, Spurs and Borough. Uh, I did predict this one would finish about 2-1. I thought there would be goals on both sides because Middlesbrough are just very well organized. Uh, I did not expect it would be uh, Gibson from Downing, uh, <laughs> Borough for the goal. But um, my wife actually commented on this game when she saw Son score his first goal. She said he just went, he just took the ball where he wanted and just put the ball where he wanted to. I'm like – yeah, that's kind of the way it works sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's uh, the goal. Yeah, uh, but just single-handedly, I th- and on a second goal, she goes, "Yeah, they should they, they, they should have learned from the first one when he just did the exact same thing. He just took the ball, went where he wanted to go, and shot the ball in the net." Uh, I'm like, yeah, "That is that is exactly what happened." Mm-hmm. But uh, it is interesting to see. Just you know, it, it was almost like an Allen Iverson thing. He just kind of dribbled the ball around where he wanted to go, fell on the ground after he shot it, but the ball went in. And it went in. Yeah, that's uh, how it works. Yeah, Son got his two goals, and uh, 
yeah, yeah Victor Jansen got an assist on the first one. Um, so if, for those who you know took the straight swap for Harry Kane, um, got some points. I mean, he wasn't. I don't want to say he was too involved because I don't think he was. It was. It was. It, it was the one you really wanted. Yeah, exactly. And I think without Harry Kane, is he the number one option if when he plays? Son. Yeah. Yes. Like higher than Christian Eriksen, higher than Eric Lamella, higher than uh, Deli Ali. I think so. I mean, Eriksen obviously gets to take the set pieces and corners, but I, yeah, I think Son is right now. I wouldn't want anybody else. Yeah, I think he's been involved in like five of the last like six goals mm-hmm. or something. Like that. Yeah, it's an impressive run. Yeah. Juice that orange. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, it's uh, <laughs> in games like this, I always tend to tell people to shy away from the Spurs defenders and goalkeepers because I just don't think there's if if, if Burrow get one, then you're in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Especially because you have to pay highly for them. Especially in Yoris's know, case, uh, we ranked them probably pretty highly because there was a good matchup there. But you know that there is always the danger if you let up one goal, uh, Loris got zero points. Yeah. Except you get win bonuses, but that, I mean that was it. But, yeah, I was gonna say, and that's I mean, you're not gonna get a, you're not gonna win enough if all you're getting is five or six points out of Hugo Lloris since you're gonna have to pay up for him. Yeah, <sighs> just strange. All right, uh, but uh, again, another game that we got right uh, going going in from last week. Uh, continuing the trend of games we got right, uh, Stoke and West Brom. We thought it would be very low scoring, if any. Uh, so it was 1-1, which I guess you may have considered as high scoring for this game, Andrew. <laughs> uh, it may have been more goals than I expected, yes. Yeah. But not not that many in general. We didn't think anyone would actually you know run away with this game. But Joe Allen got his goal. <laughs> that pains you so much. Uh, Salomon Rondon, the forward of the day for West Brom, he got, he got a goal from a guy who I've never heard of named Lecco. <laughs> Jonathan Lecco, yeah. Sure. <laughs> He's a young young kid. Great. Uh, Nasser Chadley uh, did not did not repeat his two goal two assist performance. That was kind of the story of the fantasy day there. Um, and all the usual suspects for yellow cards were there: <laughs> Shawcross, uh, Charlie Adam, and uh, Claudio Jakob. Uh, just you know, if you could have just guessed three names from this game, that would have gotten it. Though those were them. That it, yep. um, however, there was one moment where Glenn Johnson from Stoke actually almost scored but uh, uh dawson cleared it off the line so i don't know if he gets a save credit for that but he should have um he does not no too bad uh but glenn johnson does appear to be very lively going uh, forward offensively so he might be a nice little budget option for people going forward i wonder how <clears throat> excuse me how long he'll be a budget option although um they're at man united next week so that uh that won't help but yeah his his price was kind of lowered on DraftKings because he started off the season hurt, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's well over four thousand in one or two weeks. Yeah, it's going to be a to be a very um, ballsy decision if you tend to use him at Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might be looking to bench him. Uh, oh, another thing from Burrow, um, Callum Chambers started. Yay! Hey, look in Taga leagues, he was great. He scored a lot of points again. So he got a lot of clearances, a lot of aerial duels won. Uh, but sorry, we'll move on to. Sunderland 2, Crystal Palace 3. Crystal Palace turning around a 2-0 deficit. Um, Jermaine Defoe scoring twice. This must pain you more than anything else because they were both unassisted. And one actually, one of them was technically assisted by, uh, I want to say it was Joe Ledley. Yes. 
who just crossed it in between defenders going backwards towards his own goal, and Jermaine Defoe just ran onto it and poked it in. Yep. Uh, Steve Mandanda owners were probably livid, um, but it just Jermaine Defoe had two really good moments, I guess. I didn't watch much of this game, but I know that Christian Benteke scored in extra, extra, extra time. Sure did. Uh, so that probably made a lot of people very happy. Um, uh, there's another name that I've never seen before in Friars, uh, but uh, Ezekiel, Ezekiel Friars, fantastic. That's a very biblical name. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but James MacArthur getting a goal and an assist is probably the fantasy hero from this one, like everyone would have predicted. And Joe Ledley also getting a goal plus an own goal assist. I don't know if that's an actual thing, but. Um, last touch before own goal, I guess. There you go. Uh, but it's for, two in a row for MacArthur, and possibly his last two of the season. It, well, him. Who will score more goals in the rest of the season? Him or Etienne Capoue? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I was. You know, everyone's dying to know the answer to that question. Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up for Capoue. Sign me up for. This is a. Sign me up for a terrible idea as a question. Hmm. All right. Um, but in this game, if you had to choose two goal scorers, it would have been Benteke and Defoe, and they both scored. Yep. So, Townsend was pretty poor. Yeah, that for was... A, for a side that ended up scoring three times, it was surprising how little he was involved. And Punchin. Yeah. In fact, Punchin got even more negative points because he got the yellow card, but uh, Johan Kabai made an appearance in this game. Yep. Um, took four shots. So that's good. Not a single one was on target. Um, he also, I think, only had one cross. Uh, I didn't watch enough of this game to know if he was, if that was a corner. But um, Punchin had six of them, so six crosses at least. So we'll have to look deeper into whether they're going to end up splitting crosses or corners or not, because there was that was the concern in terms yeah, of Punchin's floor if Kabai when Kabai if came that's back. if that's the case if they're splitting it it would be left foot right foot because they are yep. opposite footed. So. Yep. Just something to look out for, uh, but we'll move on to another very predictable result. Manchester City 3, Swansea 1. Didn't take long for Sergio Aguero to remind Gosh. us that he is the best forward. I think it was, what, like four minutes? Uh, <laughs> something like yeah, that? something like that, yeah. Uh, but he scored twice, and of course, Raheem Sterling, still on the board. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he's still getting his. Um, and then uh, De Bruyne getting two assists on the second and third goals, and Bakary Sanya getting the assist on the first Aguero goal. Mm-hmm. On the Swansea side, Fernando Llorente from Gilfi Sigurdsson. Um, that uh, that really su- um, that supplied all the points for all the proud Swansea owners, I guess. Uh, I, I don't know how many people had them both, but I know one person did. That was Mike Phillips in our play, in our Taga League, <laughs> um, and he had Victor Jansen. So after about five minutes into into the games, I was down about fifty points. <laughs> Because he had Urente, Urente with the goal, Sigurdsson with an assist, and Jansen with an assist. Yeah, the, so. I mean, the biggest thing from this game is that Kevin De Bruyne uh, suffered a hamstring injury that's going to keep him out for four weeks, roughly. And I don't, you know, you wouldn't say that, like, uh, no one is irreplaceable on this team, but he plays a very significant role, and there's really nobody who can just kind of step in. Not that, like, Kalechi Iannaccio you know, was like for like to step in for Aguero. Obviously he performed very well while Aguero was out. But um, if you think that you're going to get Kevin De Bruyne production out of like David Silva now, uh, I just don't think his upside is is nearly as high. 
Pep Guardiola is kind of talking about maybe putting Raheem Sterling inside, which I was just about to mention that. Yeah, the, I was uh, going to say Raheem Sterling might be the one who benefits from this the most because he'll serve in that Kevin De Bruyne role and get the freedom to roam. That's and, it. Sounds like that's what Pep Guardiola is going to consider, yeah. which which means to me that either Silva goes out wide, um, which he's done, which he did, which he did last game too, yeah. and Leroy Sané may go out wide. Yep, could be Sané, could Nolito could stay out there cuz uh, when he gets back from a suspension he's obviously still out, but they the I, I think the problem is that the De Bruyne uh, fantasy production is going to be spread out. And so you just don't have the the singular huge upside midfielder out of uh, Manchester City right now. Another another player who stands to benefit a little bit would probably be Alexander Kolarov cuz he'll probably take more corners and set pieces. Maybe Maybe, um, but I, I, that's the only that's the only thing I can think of at least at the moment. We'll get more into that later on this week when we do our previews and we get some more news. But if I told you that one goalie got four saves and one goalie got one in this game, you would not have suspected that it was Claudio Bravo with four saves and Lucas Fabianski with only one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what happens when their shots go in, right? You don't you don't get that many saves. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think yeah. Yes, you, you would just figure that there would be more attempts on target. Yep. You know? Yep. Uh, but I mean, if, if you add up the goals, if you add up the goals and the shots on target, Swansea had more. Yep. Yep. So that's that. I mean, that was that was a little that was a little surprising to me. I got to be honest. Um, just saves are just. I mean, saves are amazingly unreliable to. Except for Tom Heaton. Yeah. No, I mean he's had games with two and three or whatever it is like he's not he's not making six and seven every week just because you know they're they're totally dependent on on um you know the the side you're facing it's not like yeah. there's anything he can I mean, do there are some teams with styles that allow for shots on for shots on target especially from distance so i mean them watford did that last year um there are just styles that are conducive towards you know peppering goalies with shots they may not necessarily be on target but they, they they would rather you shoot from distance than try to work the ball in and around the box so they're going to sit back a little bit more yeah i get that i just i mean if you look at heat and saves it's seven five six and then two four three like the they're just not <clears throat> you know they're all over the place and two three four five six seven uh yes, <laughs> yes. runs the gamut anyway uh there were no other games played on saturday so we should probably skip to sunday yeah. Okay, so you don't want to talk about Arsenal Chelsea. Perfect. I wasn't gonna okay. rub I wasn't gonna rub it in on you. <laughs> no, we have to talk about it. Um Arsenal three, Chelsea nil. Um it was ugly from the start, uh, I gotta be honest. And it, it, it started off the way that Chelsea just could not afford for it to start, and that was a second consecutive game with a defensive error that led to a goal. So um and from the same player from Gary Cahill. Um he was pressured by Alexi Sanchez and he uh, he, it just kind of hung around the ball and had a terrible back pass induced by Sanchez, and then Sanchez chipped over Thibaut Courtois, and that started that opened the floodgates, uh, basically. And then the second goal from Arsenal was just really, really well worked. I mean, Iwobi to I believe it was Bellerin or to Sanchez, I forgot one of the two, uh, and then with another, and then another cross going across to Walcott who finished off. Mm-hmm. Um, to, the fact that Walcott was open alone in the middle of the six-yard box is kind of embarrassing, unless you just can't see him. Um, but that was just a really well-worked goal. And then Mesut Ozil 
hammered home a volley or sorry that it, he hammered home a volley straight into the ground that went off the post in it. Um, oh, come on. That was a perfect uh, bounce. That, that's exact. That's exactly how he planned it. Um, but uh, yeah, you of you of the opinion that Mesut Ozil doesn't score goals. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's when when Wallen and I were watching it, you know, we basically, you know, <laughs> he said, oh, yeah, he, he came into the bar saying, man, I'm sorry, I, I was a little late. I was uh, I had uh, like 50 support tickets going from from Taga, and I was like, oh, here's 50, here's 51. I need a competent center back from Chelsea, <laughs> out, please. Uh, and he's like, well, you guys have David Luiz, who actually played well again, I think. Uh, Gary Cahill just the game was getting too fast for the older defenders. Mm. My favorite uh, line just, about those two were uh, David Luiz and Gary Cahill are the worst center back duo since David Luiz and Gary Cahill. Um, <laughs> the yeah, I mean, the if there was any uh, time where Antonio Conte was going to get like the you need to change things up screamed at him, this was the game. Like may, maybe this is actually the best thing that could have happened to Chelsea. I told you this last week. I don't think anything will change yet. I, the, the earliest I think things will actually change is after the Manchester United game. Like if they lose embarrassingly to a Jose Mourinho-led side, that'll be the only amount of pressure to change. You don't think why? Why don't you think this was enough? Because I don't think they have the. I don't think Conte feels he has the personnel to play the system he wants. But why would the Manchester United game change that? Because the pressure will be too. The pressure publicly will just be too immense after hmm. that game. That it'll force the change. Hmm. Okay. Because right now, right now, you know, the media is just going to shift its target. They were saying that, you know, Jose Mourinho is just, you know placating to people's egos um, in, in terms of his squad selection. I think now that's going to be levied upon um, levied upon Antonio Conte. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it, it's, it's a tough game to play. I mean, because I mean the first sub in after they were down two nothing at halftime was putting on Marcus Alonso. I'm like you gotta be kidding. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> this is the guy you've been clamoring for. Yeah, I understand that too. But you know, you bring on a defender when you're down two nothing already. Just stop it. Like, yeah. It does. It just didn't make any sense. And then, and then they eventually did bring Batshuayi on, who did have a really good chance to score. But Czech made a great save with the trailing leg. And it's, like I said it before, they look a lot like last year, and yeah. I think they're going to finish a lot like last year unless they make the successful switch to a back three or bring in a lot of new players, which, which they can't do yet. Yeah. They're not bringing players in until January. So. Yeah, unless they bring a lot of new players in January, and I don't think I don't think that's smart to do in the first place. And secondly, I just don't think Chelsea will do that. Mm -hmm. But it, it was it was a, a bare bottom spanking uh, from Arsenal to yep. give it to Chelsea. That's really the only way I can describe it. Yes, thoroughly beaten from from the center forward to the center back to the goaltender. All right. Did you see anything really encouraging from the Arsenal side that you hadn't seen so far this season? Not really. I get. It was encouraging that they were able to do it against a presumed top club. And a team they haven't beaten since like 2009. Right, right. Yeah. But uh, I did kind of say that without Mourinho there, it would be a different different mentality. Meaning it seemed like they played scared against Chelsea the last few years. And now without Mourinho there, that didn't seem to be the case. Yeah, I think we even saw a smile from Arsene Wenger for the mm -hmm. first time in a long time. Okay. A team that's not smiling, West Ham United. 
zero to three to Southampton, a Southampton side who I predicted this game. It, Southampton are playing way too well to come into to, to not win this game. Basically, I didn't expect them to get a clean sheet. So congratulations uh, and a zero save clean sheet for that matter. Yeah. West Ham put nothing going forward and predictably it was Dusan Tadic in terms of you know leading the thrust from the midfield. But what's really good to see, at least in your case, is Charlie Austin getting both a goal and an assist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very nice to see. The <clears throat> commentators during this game were talking about how just the way that the, the game was flowing, that it was set up perfectly for Shane Long and they couldn't understand why they had Charlie Austin in there and not like 35 seconds later, Austin scored. So... Um, yeah, it was definitely nice to see. And, the reverse curse of the commentator. Yeah, that's pretty much what it what it looked like. So, uh, yeah, the Charlie Austin was one of the few guys I paid up for in the So I finally, or I decided to start him. I, they were one of the last games of the weekend, so it was a, kind of tough to to go into that. I guess I had two of these Burnley clowns that I have that I could have slotted in there too. But um, it was nice to finally get some production out of Charlie Austin. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a good sight to see. At least, I mean, it, and they may have found a center forward thing that's going to work for them because Shane Long has just been pretty bad, including in this game. Yeah, I was going to say even in this one. So yeah, I agree. There there's little reason for um, for Long to be playing over Austin, particularly after this performance. Yep, and um, you know, it, it's just it's so strange that West Ham couldn't score, but they look they look there are a lot of questions that are swirling around. Uh, Slavin Bilic's head right now and one of them is going to be am I going to get fired soon yeah I think the the um defensive injuries have just been such a hit for them like I I I never find it fair for a manager to be you know not that he's getting canned but like to have this much pressure on him if they if they have this many injuries I mean they're down two left backs um at least one center back they had one out for a while so I mean if you don't have defensive continuity, you're going to really struggle to keep people out. Um, even though the reverse seems to be the case with uh, Chelsea, but the I don't know. They once they can get any sort of consistent guys in the back, they should be better. And Cresswell should be back after the international break, which is only two more games before that happens. So I think I think we'll be able to see them bounce back. I mean, if that's all it takes to make them better, is Aaron Cresswell. I think that's looking at it a little too optimistically. Okay. I I think it's more systemic because they don't have the, the right spacing um, between their midfield line and their defensive line. There's oodles of space for everybody. And I don't care who you have back there. If everyone has 40 feet of space before they even reach you, you're in trouble. Hmm. That's I, fair. I, I, I mean, I think their midfield is all over the place and they're not getting anything from the center forward position. Nothing this season and that's been a real problem yeah so, i mean uh, andy carroll's supposed to be back training after the international break but yeah they nope put him is, straight in it is pretty impressive impressively bad how uh, poor zaza has looked or they don't diafra Sacco, i don't know if he'll ever play for them again so it's yeah, enter valencia oh enter valencia no longer there yeah it's just yeah, just awful it's mm-hmm. just I, I it's so putrid at west ham and this was the year they were supposed to take that next step right right New stadium, some financial investment, just, man, just... Not happening. 
not happening so far. They've got to turn it around. Um, I mean, they're not going to get relegated, but they're playing like it. Yes. Uh, uh, Mikel Antonio, by the way, if you haven't been season long, sell now. Sell while you can, because uh, he won't sc- he won't get he won't score like five goals in five games again. I mean, most people don't. It wasn't a bold stance I was taking. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, Birdmouth, to also just kind of reacting to a trade that happened in our Taga League where it was Mikel Antonio for – I forgot. Some, some, a struggling star. Oh, I, I missed it. What was the – which one? It was uh, – I think Todd Shank made the trade. Oh, here um, we go. Benteke and Seamus Coleman for Abel Hernandez and Antonio. Hmm. Yeah, I, th- I believe – he, someone picked up Jack Yelka right after that trade. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Just, you know, that, that's oh, yeah. selling very high on Mikhail Antonio. That's all. That's all I want to say. Okay. Burnley 2, Watford 0. Tom Heaton, 16-point clean sheet. Thank you very much. Uh, couldn't couldn't use him anywhere, but uh, I did have him in well, you all. you could. I, 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 I do have him in both Taga leagues, so, I mean, that helped. Um, there was always that Sunday-Monday slate you could have played. Yeah, when uh, I when I went with Aurelio Gomez. <laughs> yeah, correct. Um, so Michael, so I, I, I want to say Michael McKeon, uh, but uh, both McKeon and Jeff Hendrick got the opening goal, and Jeff Hendrick I think was um, oh, sorry, and Stephen Defor got both assists, yeah. uh, both on corners. Um, what's What's interesting to me, I pointed this out to you yesterday, is. Uh, Steven Defor has now been involved in 80% of all Burnley goals. Mm-hmm. He has one goal and three assists. Burnley have five total goals. So I'm sure that'll keep up the whole season. Yeah, exactly. 80% uh, point rate, basically, mm-hmm. counting stat rate. But another guy who impressed me was uh, Goodmanson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was pretty active and getting some crosses in, too. So if you know, you're looking for like a budget option, I think Burnley play again on Sunday next week. So um, they won't be in the main slate, but... Uh, that means I'll get negative points from my goaltender again. That's right. Uh, someone who did play very well for Watford, I thought, but just couldn't finish anything, was Isaac Success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he Came looked on. good. Um, Roberto Pereira should have been sent off in this game, but he was not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Watford just looked very unenthused. I mean, Troy Deeney couldn't really get anything going, and Odiani Gallo had one or two good runs, but overall it was one way, almost one-way traffic from Burnley, which is really strange was, to see. I was going to say, it was very strange. Dini did have one shot in the box that looked like Heaton basically double punched it out. And I thought to myself, that uh, shot would have just blasted my hands off of my arms. But um, yeah, it was like pretty disappointing how um, how one-sided it was because Burnley is just not known as like a high-possession attacking side. And Watford had been playing so well. We saw Nordin Amrabat come in for uh, Daryl Yanma uh, kind of at that right wing back spot. Uh, Zuniga still couldn't get a start. So um, I don't know. It's uh, it was a surprising result for me because I thought Watford had been playing much better than, than I thought um, than they showed on, on, uh, on Monday. Yeah, it was, I mean, they had the same number of goals scored as Spurs and Everton. <sighs> It's, it, it was a strange one to see, and Etienne Kapui was completely useless. Yes. Um, but sure. you know, he kind of returning to form. Uh, but it was, it was just a, that that was the strangest. This was the strangest game of the slate because it just it wasn't like it wasn't a sloppy game by any means, but it was 
it was slow, methodical domination from one side. But I have to emphasize slow because it wasn't like they were moving incredibly quickly. The ball was being pinged around and, you know, switching play and switching the, 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 the method of attack. It was just, you know, pass, look around, pass, look around, pass, look around, earn corner, score. Like there really wasn't much to it. Yeah, totally. I mean, agreed. But over, overall, though, I mean, the slate, the game slate kind of went exactly the way we thought it would. I mean, Crystal Palace, the way they won was interesting. But, I mean, we did still expect them to pull that one out. Uh, and overall, it was just a, you know, usually there's a twist or two in the Premier League weekend. And the only real twist was Burnmouth 1, Everton 0. But just overall, just to wrap up game week six, uh, everyone is kind of who we thought they were. Uh, uh, yes, I think... The only side that I think is was a little surprising, and not that we should have been, but I feel like when West Ham turns it around, we'll be like, okay, here they go. And um, obviously, we're we're another week in, and they still haven't figured it out. Yeah, I, I think a lot of teams still have a lot of stuff to figure out. Is that fair? Um, sure. I mean, it's early in the season, but yeah. there, West Ham is going to be in huge trouble. I mean. They're basically taking themselves out of Europa competition for, you know, before we've even gotten to October. Yeah. Yeah. West Ham still have a lot of work to do. And uh, we also still have a lot of work to do as well. And we will continue to do it as we come back with you later on this week for another episode of a preview episode of Game Week 7. But we have to end this episode of the Road to Wire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. We still have our exciting October announcement, which is fast approaching, Andrew. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. Actually, can we announce it the next pod? Because 30 days have September. Uh, No. (sighs) Fine. All right. You'll have to wait till next week. But until then, keep on tuning in, and we will catch you on Friday for the next episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Talk to you all then. Y'all. Sorry. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.